Orlando podcast. I am your host Jason. I am joined here with my beautiful co-host Victoria, who's also my fiance. Hello, everyone. Um, I apologize about the voice. I totally lost it tonight after an amazing Orlando City game on July 13. <laughs> yeah, same for me. Um, <clears throat> normally, I do sound a little bit better than this, but <laughs> I clearly did not lose my voice quite as fast as Victoria did. But you know, still a bit. I'm usually a little bit better. Uh, so anyway, we'll briefly be covering a few things in this episode. Um, we'll start off discussing a little bit about what we plan to do with this show uh, and what you can expect from this not only this episode but future episodes as well. We will incredibly briefly discuss the U.S. Open Cup midweek game. Uh, before we fully decided that, yeah, we're definitely doing a podcast um, that was kind of decided here between <clears throat> between the Open Cup game and basically tonight's game. And I did not take really good notes of the Open Cup game, but we did take excellent notes from tonight's game. So we'll be going into a little bit more detail on that one and then all future games from this point forward. So I guess we'll start off going over a bit about what our show is. Um, it'll be a once-weekly podcast during the regular season covering all of the games uh, for that given week. Um, so that will include everything, Open Cup games, uh, regular season games, playoff games, if we happen to make the playoffs. Hopefully this year we will, though. <laughs> you know, if we happen to win Open Cup, we'd be talking Champions League games next season. You know, basically all of it. Um, the key, th- key difference is I know there's a lot of Orlando City podcasts out there right now. And we're hoping to provide a more realistic perspective from other ones. I know the our favorite one overall is the one produced by the club. Uh, unfortunately, we do see a little bit of bias there. I mean, they're, they're sometimes critical of the, the of the players when they don't do well, but they also, you know, are very, very forgiving on it and obviously has a pro Orlando City bend to it significantly because, I mean, they're hired by the club. And then the other thing we've noticed is a lot of the other podcasts Sometimes are, like, very negative, I guess. Because, like, you can see it. Sometimes the game are not the best. But you can see the players. So there's always some good things to talk about. Because, really, Orlando City has improved a lot in the past few years. And maybe the, the numbers... past few months. No, I mean, like, since the first game, like, first season and everything, like... They got progressively worse for four seasons. <laughs> but now we're better, so yeah, that's what I mean. Better. By the way, I don't know English, so if we don't make sense, then that's why we disagree on these things, but... <laughs> she says she doesn't know English. It's just the fact that, Clearly like, we have does. got better, and that is the point. The fact that we actually have improved, even if the record doesn't show it. This season, on the whole, has definitely been a massive improvement. So I guess let's uh, briefly take a look at this uh, Open Cup game. And I guess since we won't have a lot to say necessarily about the Open Cup game, maybe we'll cover just a a little bit about kind of the season as the whole, since we're kind of jumping in here in the middle of the season. So as as we had mentioned, I, I would say overall, 
the season is this season particularly twenty nineteen season we have improved so much over last year. Uh, I believe one of the biggest stats that I took away from um, was I know we were last place in the league last year uh, defensively, and this year. I don't have the stat in front of me. I think I read somewhere it said we were top five. And that that in and of itself is a huge improvement. I know there's still a little ways to go on the offensive end. We really don't have a lot of consistent scoring necessarily. But the defense has definitely improved substantially. And I think that's really what's kept us in a lot of games this year. We have a lot of good players. But there's a lot of them that... I mean, not sound mean or something, but it's just whenever they decide to show up. And I think that's something that we have to work on defensively. We have improved a lot, and that's just what counts. Because, like I tell um, Jason all the time, defense is the most important position in the field. I know that, I mean, I used to play soccer and everything, but as an I was an offense player, and if you make mistakes... I guess, yeah, your team doesn't score and might not win. But if you don't have a defense, a strong defense, it means nothing. Like, you could be the best scoring person, but if your defense sucks, like, they're not going to get anywhere. A mistake in the defense is going to be a goal. And I'm sure, if you're listening to this, obviously you're probably an Orlando City fan, and I'm sure that feels very real to you, especially last year. <laughs> There were plenty of those defensive mistakes that led to goals last year, for sure. Um, <clears throat> but one of the the telltale signs of our a definite you know improvement from last year is just uh, this open cup run that we're on right now. Um, and yes, that was a brilliant transition. You're welcome. So <laughs> we tried. Yes, this is a very professional show. Um, so let's uh, we'll briefly cover the open cup game. There was. You know, it, I think it was a very closely contested game throughout the first 90, for sure. And I think it was very unlucky. Yeah, I, I will stick with unlucky. I will say it's very unlucky to give up that goal with about 15 seconds left because it very much came down to you had two players sliding in to clear that ball out. At the same time, you know, the NYCFC players sliding in to try to kick it into the goal, and you, I think it was Jansen that was defending that one. Uh, that was trying to clear it out, and it's, you know, I think I think Jansen actually got the first touch and pushed it, you know, towards the NYCFC player, and it went towards the goal. I'd have to look at the replay again. But I, I think, I mean, it's certainly not like, oh, my goodness, NYCFC strung together a series of brilliant passes and put together a beautiful goal. I mean, it was a garbage goal that I think we were unlucky to concede. Exactly. I, it was yeah. a lucky shot for them. And I, I think there was some poor defense that led up to it to, you know, allow even as much space as they had in the box in the first place. So there obviously could be some improvement there, but the the guys definitely saw out that game, kept it, you know. Even though they were definitely, you know, you could tell they were tired. They had just played on Sunday. Given, I mean, NYCFC played Sunday, too. They didn't have the travel issues we did. And I don't think they had played as many games. You know, I don't think they had a midweek game the previous week. They might have. I didn't look at their schedule before recording this. But 
I mean, you could tell we were drained that that tying goal really took a lot out of the guys and you know, it was huge for them to get it to the penalty kicks for sure. Um, and then the penalty shootout, uh, obviously Victoria fell asleep for this part, so she was already out by that point. It was it was bedtime for her. I mean, I'm gonna say that I left the team winning and it was only like a couple minutes before the game was over. So I really think that I had nothing to worry about. So I went to bed and I'm kind of upset I did that because I totally missed a very intense and super fun uh, shutout. Shootout. Shootout, whatever. It was not a shutout. Same thing. <laughs> so He doesn't understand me, but you guys do. So the once we got to the shootout, I mean, that was very exciting. We saw, I believe, the term on social media for it the name that Orlando City gave it was the running of the wall. I thought that was a great reflection of the supporters groups that we have. Uh, Victoria and I have season tickets in the wall, so uh, we get to see the the passion that those two groups have week in, week out, cheering all game long, whether we're winning or losing. You know, a true testament to that, I noticed, was the Montreal game earlier this year, losing at home, Three to one, you know, looking absolutely terrible most of the game. And they're still there cheering till the final whistle. So, you know, really great to see Shout that. Shout out to them, of course. Yeah, and I really think they helped pull through for the for the Orlando City players. I think seeing all of those fans rush to that side that the penalty shootout was taking place on really gave them a boost, which was great. Uh, so I think that's going to bring us to tonight's match, uh, tonight being July 13th. Uh, this game against Columbus Crew, final score was 1-0, but I got the game notes up here, and we will take a look at kind of what we noticed. Uh, so early on in the game, I made note that there was a shot right off the uh, crossbar for Columbus. That was early enough in the game that I didn't, didn't notice what minute it was in. I just noted that it was early. So, I just think that was, I mean, always any shots on the crossbars are close shots, you know? And I think if that would have went in for any reason, probably the score of this game would have been completely opposite. Um, but I'm just glad that it was just a lucky moment that we were able to actually get ourselves together and be able to turn around and show what we're actually capable of. It's a big difference from last year. I feel like last year you'd have a shot like that was almost going in every single time, and now I think we're catching a few breaks on those now. And it gives the guys a chance to be like, you know, wow, we really got away with one there, and, you know, let's you know, tighten up and make sure that we're not letting those kind of things through. It's a wake-up call for them. Definitely. Um, however, I did notice throughout the rest of the first half that um, we did look shaky on defense throughout the first half uh, that I had mentioned later on. Uh, from there, I noticed in the 10th minute, I made note of this. I don't know what it was for specifically, but it's something that Victoria and I have noticed throughout you know many matches, especially watching on TV this year. It's one of our favorite things, and it's that passion that James O'Connor has when he yells at the fourth official. <laughs> it's 
it's something that I think the team was missing for the couple of years that Jason Christ was in there. It's definitely more reminiscent of, you know, the Adrian Heath style of coaching, and it's nice to see that back. It's just that O'Connor always, like, backs them up. Like, I know sometimes he might not be, like, the correct call or anything, like, because you can always see certain angles when you are not on the field. But I just love the fact that O'Connor will always be on their side, you know? Like, he always backs them up, like, talks it out just to make sure that they're getting the correct call. Since it is not a new thing, like, we sometimes don't get those calls that we're supposed to. But, I mean, as a fan, you already know that. Yeah, and it's just great to see, I mean, O'Connor's practically, like, one of the players, and it seems like that kind of rapport that he has with them has really helped them improve this year. Uh, a minute later from when we may know that, so the 11th minute, I uh, made note there was actually, this is probably the one good play offensively that Orlando had in the half. Uh, there was a tackle by Tesho just outside the penalty area in the offensive half that kept the ball for Orlando City, so it helped us keep possession. And it resulted in uh, Miller getting a shot just wide off target. Very close, though, and a really good effort. Um, there really wasn't much during that time. There was, like, a section, like, probably about, like, 10 minutes or so, like, and it really wasn't much. It was just going back and forth between the teams. Um, we did notice an excellent play by uh, Miller, which, don't get me wrong, like, I normally just don't notice him. As, he doesn't play a lot. I mean, I know he doesn't wor- play as much, but he has played a couple times. Yeah. But he doesn't really make a difference when he's on the field, at least now that I have noticed. And today he has such an amazing shot, like, like, an actual play that brought it to the goal. And well, yeah, because he had the shot in the 11th minute, and then additionally the um, the one that you were mentioning in the 22nd, the play out of the back. I think he had a really good first half. I think he was a little bit less noticeable in the second half. But, I mean, it's fine. I mean, you get right. tired, it's Florida, and the heat is horrible. <laughs> it was... But it, it was good to see, um, as O'Connor gives some of these lesser-played players, you know, their opportunity on the field, that they are really taking advantage of it, and they're taking their opportunity very seriously. Yes, that's true. And it true. was an, an excellent half from him. Uh, a minute after that build-up play from Miller, there was a good counterattack. I didn't write down who stole the ball. That probably would have been useful information, but I took poor notes. Uh I think the key part of this is the fact that it resulted in a poor cross in. I think there was a lot of a lot of promising build up play in the first half that all went to crap by the time it got to crossing the ball in. Uh 30th minute we had a hydration break. And the one thing that we will say to be to be fair, um in the 33rd minute we both thought from our view on the wall that there was a potential for a penalty kick call. From Orlando, uh, in favor of Orlando, but we will be honest. We're on the far side of the field, so I did actually follow up with my brother, who was watching at home, uh, and he said it was definitely a flop. So it definitely should not have been a penalty call. So we'll take his words for it. He actually knows a little bit of soccer. You know, he sometimes comes with us for the games, so I trust him on that. It was probably a flop, but at that moment. 
it really didn't feel like it. I was hoping that they would call something. Yeah, definitely. And it's always easy to feel like you got hard done when you have the rest of the wall behind you booing and thinking that there should have been a call there. But it, and it doesn't help that you don't get a replay shown in the stadium on it either. Because I'm sure if we had a replay view, you know, I could look at it and be like, yeah, no, you're probably right. That's not that's not a uh, PK. But regardless, even though it was a flop, that was uh, a great uh, setup play or great attempt in the box by uh, Benji Mitchell. Um, thing that we noticed that was kind of interesting by the 38th minute um, on breakouts, uh, the formation was shifting a little bit. Uh, the fullbacks or no, not the fullback. Well, yeah, the fullbacks were playing farther up the field, which in this case was uh, Ruan and Miller were playing a little bit farther up the field, almost on like a midfield to a winger kind of position. And Sané and uh, Jansen moved out to the fullback position. And then you had um, uh, Johnson and Mendez almost playing in a center-back role in some cases. And then in other cases, you almost had like a back three with Mendez, uh, Jansen, and Sané. So it was just more of an interesting shift of showing how we are really pushing players forward and it's definitely more of a a high press that we're trying to play which it kind of makes sense just because for example Ruan has the speed for that so he can go all the way forward to support the team up front it's still yet come back and like help out on the back and I think that's one of my favorite things of him because he's always there like there's like a couple things that you will think like I don't know, like, he always, he's always there. Like, no matter what the play is, either he's in defense or offense, it's amazing. My props to him because I don't know how he does it. Yeah. Uh, that was the last thing we really noticed until uh, halftime. And, again, I know we mentioned briefly before, my my takeaways at halftime were largely that um, they had been pretty mediocre offensively in that first half and defensively they looked a little bit shaky at times but luckily it really hadn't cost them and especially you know towards the end they really locked it down that half uh your halftime stats in this one were shots in favor of columbus six to one uh however no team got any shot on target possession favored columbus 56 to 44 so fairly even uh, corners favored Columbus 7-0, to zero, and our passing accuracy was nearly even at 85% for Columbus, 83% for Orlando. So overall, um, Columbus seemed to be creating more chances, but they certainly weren't doing anything with them. Um, with that, we will go into the second half where I have twice as many notes, but most of them are just... Uh, comments that I was making, because by then we were... Uh, quite a few beers in, I think. So, <laughs> just some, a little bit. Some Not, I mean, we did make it on time for a season holder. Wait. Yeah, it was season ticket holder discounts for beer and hot dogs before the game. So we made it on time. So we got a couple beers to hold us over the game. So that was good. We enjoyed that. But yeah, it made my notes much more entertaining in the second half. I think compared to the first. So uh, we start off with the 47th minute with... And let's be real, 
Bendix still cannot put the ball in play down the field. Some things really will never change, you know? <laughs> they really don't. <laughs> it's just nice to see him do it for a different team now. Because it used to be for us that he'd just, you know, take his goal kick straight out of bounds for the other team to throw in. And now he does it, you know, to help us out. So it's kind of nice. I think it's like support. You know, he misses us, so that's what he does is for us still. <laughs> yeah. And and now, uh, a minute later, I guess, I think this built off, off of that throw-in, which is significant. See, Bendik was trying to help us. Um, you had a great run by Mueller. He gets uh, down the... Well, it'd be the right side in that case because, I mean, it's coming towards us. So our left, but their right. So coming down the right side, there was a foul just outside the penalty area. So very dangerous spot for a free kick. And obviously we didn't do anything with it because why would we, you know? We just didn't want to take the easy route. I just know that we normally do that. It's just like we want to make sure that it's a good thing. Um, Normally, like, just like a couple minutes later, like a squeeze was able to had a, like a great steak. Oh, steal! <laughs> you didn't have a great steak. I just had a really bad typo. <laughs> That's embarrassing. Uh, I mean, maybe he did have a really good steak. Maybe he went out I for steak after the game. I thought he had for dinner, you know. Yeah, maybe he went out for steak after the game. Um, but he did have a really good steal, and uh, then it, uh, kind of a brief breakaway from Asquez. There was a foul on him. No card was given. I did comment, arguably very prematurely, that at this rate there would be no cards in this game. I because, think Jason Jixon. Yeah, because that was blatantly a yellow. I mean, it's not like, and that's not reviewable, nor would I advocate for VAR wasting the time to review such a thing. But, you know, definitely should have been a yellow. Uh, a minute later... Um, this was, I mean, this was shocking to me. So Victoria has a few favorite players on the team, one of which is Mueller. And I don't think I've ever heard her say anything bad about Mueller. And she actually had criticism of him in this particular game in the 52nd minute. I did make note that it might have been the sign of, of the, uh, apocalypse coming. But that's the thing. Mueller is not a bad player. Maybe, maybe I was just judging him a little bit more in that specific second. But my point of that actual um, comment was that Ruan was the one pushing up front. Like, he was the one pushing on a, the defenders of Columbus instead of Mueller. Normally, as a forward, you should be the one pushing. He's our defender. Should be, he should be jogging back if we already lost the ball. Yet, he always keeps up. Like we mentioned before, he's always there for the like the players and the team and everything. And he wasn't making that hard run, which technically should have been Mueller. But yet, I still like him. Just not on that specific second, you know? <laughs> the, uh, yeah. I still think it's a sign of the apocalypse. So, we're going to power through some more of these. We're, we're already at 23 minutes. We're doing well. <laughs> I thought this was only going to be like a 10-minute show. I'm going to be like, no one's, you know. But now we're going pretty long. So, and we're only in the 56th minute. Uh, so, in the 56th minute, finally the cards start coming out. There's a yellow to uh, Miller. And 
I I put an emoji in my game notes <laughs> of the eye rolling emoji, and I mentioned, of course, the first card is to Orlando. It kind of figures. Uh, two minutes later, we had the first sub of the game for Orlando. Um, Victoria was not particularly happy with this sub, so I'll let her take over for that and tell it's us more. Just, Dwyer is a good player. Like, don't get me wrong, I That's... think he has a lot of potential. He is able to do a lot of things during the game if he actually tries. And lately, he has not been doing that. And I don't think Mueller deserved to go off on the bench for someone that doesn't really want to be on the field. And that was just my take on it. And, yeah, I was upset because I like Mueller. And he deserves to be on that field. Wow. That got really harsh really quick. Sorry. <laughs> but Dwyer's good, though, sometimes. Just not often. No. Uh, in the same uh, moment, I guess the stoppage in play that resulted in the change being able to take place was a yellow to Sané. Um, as I mentioned again, that was far away from the north end where the wall is. It was way on the opposite end of the field, but at least from our angle, I don't think either Victoria or I agreed with that. Probably it wasn't deserved. Yeah, I don't think it was a yellow. So we're at two yellows for... Um, were there any yellows on Columbus? I don't think there was, though. Victoria will pull up the final stats, because we'll, once we get to the final, we'll want to look at the final stats. Um, two minutes later, after that 60th minute, uh, there was a fantastic clearance from uh, Jansen, which I noted that he has been absolutely phenomenal for us since coming here from Sweden in the, uh, the offseason. Was he offseason or first transfer window? First transfer window, I believe. So he has been absolutely phenomenal for us. It's been, you know, a big game changer on the defense. So it's great. There's at least, you know, two or three, you know, really great defensive plays per per game that we see from Jansen. So making note of one, I guess, was basically the same thing. Um, and by the way, I did pull it up and... They did not have a single yellow card. So there were no yellow cards. We had... I know this is probably something that we should probably catch up at the end, but let's be real, there were 17 fouls against Orlando versus A that they had. And pretty sure they were not playing as clean as the this stat show. Just, just as yeah. I like saying. It was not overly evenly called. So, I mean, if we're just looking, fouls were... Orlando had more fouls than the Columbus, as Victoria said, 17 to 8. Yellow cards, Orlando had 4 to Columbus having 0. Red cards, Orlando had 1 to Columbus having 0. Red cards is probably the only one that's actually fair on those. We'll get to that shortly. Um, in the 70th minute, I made note that for about the last 5 minutes or so, uh, there had been decent attacking for Orlando City, just no finishing. Uh, so that I'd say from about the 65th minute to the 70th minute, it seemed like they were putting together a good amount of pressure. And then we come to the second stop of the game. And in this one, Jason was didn't like that. He was I, actually kind of upset about that. So. I was the first one to not like the sub, subbing out Johnson for Patino. I mean, you could have subbed anyone else off. I know a lot of City fans are not a big fan of Will Johnson, especially after last year. I would have been included in the list that did not care for Will Johnson last year. He totally didn't like him, but I always he did. Just, he just wasn't very <laughs> good last year for us. But anyone that 
isn't willing to admit that Will Johnson has been nothing less than phenomenal for the team this year. And, I mean, I would argue comeback player of the year for our team specifically compared to last year of any of the returning players, given I know there's not a lot of them. But other returning players, I mean, there is no player that is as improved as Will Johnson is. He has been absolutely, you know, phenomenal for our team this season. I agree. And the only reason why we didn't really like this sub, we just felt that they were changing more for offensive. When at this point of the game, they were dominating a little bit more than they should. So even if, I mean, it was a tight game. But we were not at that point that we should change our defensive. And Johnson is normally playing a little more defense in the forward. And I feel yeah. like it was a little risky. Yeah, we were really definitely trying to go after that game with the subs we were making. Uh, in the 76th minute, and you could tell I was starting to get a little bit sassy with these, um, I put that another Columbus player was down in the field. This seemed to be a regular occurrence in this game. And I put that uh, either they are flopping like it's a profession or there's a serious difference in the fitness levels of the two teams. <laughs> I agree. There I mean, were a lot uh, of them, though. It, it really could be either, and I don't think either of those is a positive outcome for Columbus. So, poor look either way. Um, two minutes later, we got the final sub of the game. Um, Yuri came on for Tesho. Victoria did not care for that sub. I thought there could have been some upside to it. I think Yuri does bring a creative presence to midfield that was missing after Will Johnson was taken off. But I think the reason why I disagree... I'm trying to think right now why I disagree on that point. I think you were probably thinking Benji Mitchell off instead of Tesho. Yes, I just felt like... I mean, Mitchell has been amazing. Like The games that he had on there, he has been making a difference, even if it's by luck. Um, But... I just feel like Dwyer hasn't done much. And then you have Mitchell, which normally doesn't start. So it's not someone that I feel comfortable that will be able to finish a play, which I was wrong. Like, I, I was said wrong. that. I was said that. Six minutes later. <laughs> but it's just like one of those things that I feel like overall, I would have came at Crandelli. At Crandelli? Yeah. Um, instead of him, just because I will feel a little more comfortable with the play. But that was just more of staying in my comfort zone than actually trying something new. It's also why James O'Connor manages the team instead of you. Um, (laughs) So in the 80th minute, um, I had uh, made note that there were three straight bad calls in a row, uh, two missed fouls that would have went in favor of Orlando that were not called, followed by a... Definite flop by Columbus on the counterattack that ended up getting the call and a yellow given to Asquace. So I I think we were already noticing by the 80th minute that the calls were definitely not even on this one. Um, But luckily for us, four minutes later, an amazing pass through to Rowan, who uses his super speed right up the side, which... The real MVP. (laughs) Which... I mean, that is just amazing for one. I'm pretty sure, did he play midweek? At, he did, I think. Yeah, he played midweek in the Open Cup game, and he was still going, beating players with his speed in the 84th minute of a game. I mean, he's played so many minutes that, you know, I was surprised to see that he still had that, you know, that much in the tank to he really always, get 
around the last defender on the side. Yeah, true. He always goes, goes 110% on these games, which is amazing. And then the other great thing is not only is he that fast, he crosses a perfectly pinpoint-placed ball into the box to Benji Mitchell, who, unlike your assumption, puts it away cleanly to put Orlando up on the board one nothing. I know, that was amazing, and that's when I accepted that, yes, I made a mistake, and I'm glad he stayed on the field, because that because of him, we got this win. Yeah, definitely. Big props to Mitchell for really, you know. And I'm pretty sure this is his second goal of the season, for, so shout out to him, because he has done an amazing job. First goal for regular season, he did score the... Oh, it was not the game-winning goal. It I was say it the, was the second goal. Yeah, it's the first goal for regular season. He scored his first goal for the team ever in open cup play against New England to put us into that game midweek. So it should have been the game-winner, but we gave up a goal in that New England game in the 117th minute. Luckily, by that time, it was already 2-0, and Tesho had put us up to make it 2-0 at that point. So that was good. Uh, in the 88th minute, there was an absolutely massive save by Rowe. Um, that, that is a game-saving save, really. Uh, I think he was at full stretch and just, you know, pawed that one away. That was excellent from him. Um... Was that the one at the point that, uh, Bendik was already at the box? Like, our box? No, this was still in the 88th minute of the game. Uh, a minute later... I put in a question mark, because this was on the far side of the field, minor disagreement between the teams. I mean, there seemed to be a coming together of players, in the, the first of many for the last, like, five minutes of the game. I mean, maybe they just wanted to hang out, you know? They just wanted to be like, hey, dude, how's it going? Maybe they were trading Pokemon cards. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't a full shoving match. I think they were all just having, like I said, it looked like they were having a discussion trading Pokemon cards. I hope somebody got a Charizard. That would be exciting. Um, and that was in the 89th minute that there was that little disagreement. Uh, by that point, 90th minute, we find out four minutes at a time. Uh, 92nd, um, minute, there was a bad call. That led to another yellow for Orlando for dissent. That's the only thing it really could have been. I forgot who it was to. Um, I put that the ref has seriously lost all control. There had been, by this point, there was regularly players coming together. No no full shoving matches. Nothing too exciting. But still, you know, you would like to see him have a little bit better control. Um, this was not a bad call. Um, so, 93rd minute, Dwyer gets himself a straight red card, proving how absolutely useless he is in a majority of games this season. He now has collected more cards than he has goals this season. Yes, and for this one, like, I mean, I thought it was a little bit of a fat call. I thought he didn't deserve that until I saw the replay on the guy standing just like in front of me at the game and I noticed that he straight up gave an elbow to the face for no reason like there was no need we were winning the game was like a minute right before we were supposed to be done he should have just kept it clean and 
go on with the ball. For sure. Um, but that wasn't the end of Dwyer's shenanigans in this game. Uh, Dwyer's shenanigans continued as he took his sweet time getting off the field. Instead of going directly to the sideline, uh, he was more on the north end of the field, and obviously our tunnel's over on the south end. Instead of walking off the pitch to the sideline and then walking down to the tunnel, he decided he was going to walk through the middle of the field, very slowly, down towards the tunnel. He was gaining us a couple minutes, you know. He was helping us out, so let's look at the positive side. He tried, you know. It was more of a little bit of wasting time. <laughs> yeah, I I think um, he was probably trying to be strategic since not only did he come in as a sub and wasn't very useful, he then get, goes and gets himself a red card, which puts the team in a tight spot trying to kill off the rest of the game, down a player. Luckily, at that point, there wasn't a lot of time left, which I think led to him trying to waste time. However, I'm going to say that blew up in our face more than one way, as it does start a little bit of a shoving match. Not surprisingly, the Columbus players did not take too kindly to him intentionally trying to waste time. I wouldn't be surprised to see the league issue him a, a, a lovely fine for that. Uh, additionally, I would I, I made note, you know, more than likely there's going to be added games onto Dwyer's suspension. It was pretty egregious. So I would look for in the coming week to see uh, an extra game or two added on to the suspension Dwyer will face for that red card. Um, <clears throat> as a result, though, the ref added on basically another two minutes to the game. So... Um, of which there were more bad foul calls that were going largely in favor of Columbus through the 96th minute until finally, at the end of the game, um, Victoria noticed um, some shenanigans going on in the box between Ron and Bendik, but luckily, past that, the ball gets cleared and the game ends 1-0. I just feel like, I mean, Bendik is like was, I guess, one of our own, so I didn't dislike him <laughs> until the point that I really saw that he was literally on the way on the box and waving and stuff, things that you normally don't do as a player, and I get it, it's the last chance, you know, trying to catch up, but I really didn't feel like that was very sport, sport, how do you say the sportship? It wasn't very good sportsmanship? Yeah. There we go, yeah. She speaks great English. Uh, <laughs> so I think the only, I only had two notes uh, past full time. Uh, basically, just that, and I think uh, Victoria will agree, as far as offensively, it was a much better second half, and they did continue to lock it down defensively. So I'd say overall as a team, they did play a much better second half. And that uh, the subs that we made played really well, with the exception of Dwyer. <laughs> For sure. And that's why they disagree on stuff. And I think Mueller should have stayed in. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I don't know how much of this is just O'Connor trying to manage minutes because of the difficult scheduling that we're in right now. I'm hoping it's that because I hope he didn't honestly think that subbing Dwyer in would be a good idea. <laughs> um, and then I'd like to see, honestly, the Kleschen and Dwyer contracts get 
you know, off the books as soon as possible. Uh, I think they're way overpaid for what they're providing the team currently. And I do honestly like uh, Kleschen as a player. I think he's a great leader in the locker room, but for a glorified bench player, I think he's very overplayed. Or not over... Overpaid. Overpaid, not overpaid. See, he doesn't speak English either. (laughs) Yeah, I don't speak English either. So, I mean, that pretty much uh, wraps up this game, unless Victoria has any other final notes. No, I think that was pretty much covered it all. Um, Yeah, that was was it. (laughs) It was one of the more boring games we've been to. It was not as eventful until probably about the last 15 minutes when we scored and things started getting a little bit chippy. True that. So, hopefully we will be seeing uh, an exciting game. Uh, Let's take a look. Actually, Victoria is going to get us the final stats from that game since we gave you the halftime stats. And I am going to get us our upcoming match. All right, so. Next game, Portland on the 18th. So, Ooh, a Thursday night. We'll probably watch that and let you guys know how that is. I mean, it's going to be at TV, so I think it's like we might have a little bit more insights just because we can watch the replays. <laughs> yeah, the replays make a huge difference for sure. Um, the Oh, wow, we have a rough schedule next week. Portland... Away at Portland on the 18th. Followed up uh, three days later on the 21st against Red Bulls at home. So cross-country trip. I don't know why they couldn't do that one on a Wednesday, to be honest with you. Um, However, uh, final stats from the game this week. Versus Columbus, final shots were 11-4. to So Columbus largely took the same number of shots in both halves. Uh, Orlando, you know, had three more shots in the second half than they did in the first. Uh, Both teams only managed to put one shot on target. Obviously, Orlando put theirs into the back of the net. The possession, um, still, I would say that's fairly even overall. It was 57-43 in favor of Columbus, but that's especially to be expected towards uh, towards the end of the game once we had scored. Uh, The passing accuracy, again, stayed fairly even, 86% for Columbus, 83% for us. And we already discussed the fouls and cards that it was clearly um, seemed to be uh, a lot of calls in favor of Columbus, we'll say. Uh, So we will look forward to speaking with you all next week as we look at um, the results of the Portland Timbers game on the 18th, and the New York Red Bulls game on the 21st. Um, Let's take a look at how tough these games are going to be. Portland Timbers currently sit in 10th in the West, so there's only two teams worse than, than them in the West. They're sitting on 23 points compared to our 25 points. Does that include tonight's game? That's a great question. Um, I don't know if that includes tonight's game. It might. But Portland sitting on 23 points. We're sitting on 25. So that should be a fairly evenly matched game. Uh, 
And then we'll be playing New York Red Bulls, who are directly above us in the standings right now. They're in sixth. We are currently sitting in eighth, just one spot below the playoff line, and only three points ahead of us. So that would be a huge game to pick up all three points on. Yeah, we hope we can actually accomplish that. I think our team is capable of doing it. So let's wait and see how it is. See how they do on short rest. Yes. I think the. Uh, I think it'll be more crucial to save your better players for the game against uh, Red Bulls. There's very little downside to. I mean, there is downside to losing a game, but there's less downside to losing to a Western Conference team. So. That pretty much will wrap up our show today. Uh, if you all enjoyed the show, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, be sure to subscribe, subscribe to the show. And... Vamos Orlando. <laughs>